Welcome to Grace United Methodist Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It is great to have you here with us, whether that is here or beyond. And we have so many announcements, but you're here with us. Share that love with someone else by hitting like and share on Facebook. Also, let us know you're here. We can see our phone. We can see Facebook, and we can know that you're with us. That makes us feel good. And by golly, do you believe it? We made it to the first Sunday of Advent. Wow. We've been waiting, but guess what? I was informed we have to wait a little bit longer. But by golly, thank you for joining us. And today, by golly, you, I love that word, by golly, just, just telling you. By golly, we want you to put your shoes on because after this service, whether I help with community or not, I'm going to see some faces. And you can come to the parking lot right after the worship service and receive communion. And we have some more details coming to you about communion in the announcements, so you're going to have to stay tuned for that. But now I'm going to hand over the mic over to Deanne as she gives us a scripture and reflection. Today's scripture is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, and then 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch-dark land, light has dawned. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of heavenly forces will do this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right. So as Wanda has stated, today is the first Sunday in Advent, and today we'll be talking about hope. And as the choir gets ready to sing here in a little bit and light the Advent candle, they will be speaking of hope. You will hear those verses said again that were just read. But I am to give the reflection connection, and part of us talking about hope is the return of Christ and our hope in that, that Jesus will be returning one day. And a while back, we as worship team were sitting and talking, and Melanie, who of course is the one that organizes this whole reflection connection, made this statement that we don't always have to just say something. We could actually read a poem. And that made my brain start thinking that I actually had um, this rendition of something that we usually hear about this time of year, which is Twas the Night Before Christmas. However, this time the words have been changed. And as we talk about the return of Jesus, this is called Twas the Night Before Jesus Came. Twas the night before Jesus came, and all through the house, not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelf without care, in hope that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. 
and mom in her rocker with baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. When what to my wandering eyes should appear, but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light on his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just like he said. And though I possess worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life, which he held in his hand, was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. When he said, it's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only we had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life, and when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all. Thank you. 
flea do I like that? So I have something hidden, because sometimes they get hidden at Christmas. What could it be? What could be hidden? <gasps> oh, here is a present. It is hidden. Oh, it says best birthday wishes. Somebody's going to have a birthday pretty soon, and that's kind of what we celebrate Christmas on. But, oh, we have to wait. We have to wait like 27 more days. But you know what? The people that believed all the prophecies and the prophets and everything was said about the coming of the Lord, they waited 400 to 500 days. No, that's not right. For 500 weeks? No, that's not right. They waited over 400, 500 years for the coming of Christ. So we can wait those 27 days, I'm thinking. But I do have a present here, so we're going to open it. And I want you to think about the presents that have already been given to us. So God already gave us presents. And we're going to talk about those during Advent here. Because he gave us hope. And hope is our first thing that we're going to talk about. And it is a gift. Can you imagine how much all of those people long, long, long time ago hoped that they hoped that all the prophets were right? Boy, did they have hope in their hearts. So this year, as you're writing your list out and you're going to want this and want that, and maybe we should get this person a present or that person a present, don't forget to put Jesus on that list. But you know what? Jesus doesn't want yo-yos, and he doesn't want tech games, and he doesn't even know what a PlayStation is. So he doesn't want those kind of things. He wants your heart. That's all Jesus wants is your heart. So every time that you put something down on your list, I want you to say a little thank you to God for giving us the best present we ever could have in his son, Jesus, and then give him a little bit of your heart. So I say, thank you, God. Thank you so much for giving us your son, the best Christmas present that we ever, ever could have. And may we remember to give you our hearts. Amen. There's more presents in here. I guess we'll have uh -oh. to wait. Wonderful. Well, by golly, Advent is here, and I'm going to start using that word <laughs> more. It's fantastic. It is the season of Advent, and I can't tell you how excited I am for it and everything that comes along with it. If you've seen or you can see our sanctuaries decorated here, thank you, uh, Michael and Glenda and Deanne and everybody that had a hand in that, making it so, so beautiful and so warm. Uh, you're you're going to hear later but and all throughout the week, but I want you to know that there's going to be opportunity for you to be here in the sanctuary and receive communion throughout Advent. So be looking for, for that and, and be present in this time and come and just be in this space. I can't wait to do that with you. You'll also notice we're dressed festively. One of my favorite things to do throughout Advent is to be festive. 
And I have um, a, 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 a wardrobe of festive Christmas sweaters because they're fun. And that's what Advent is. It's a time to just be, to be present and be in the season. And it's here. This is the first Sunday of Advent. And my favorite thing about it is it starts the Christian year. So guess what, church? Happy New Year. Celebrate because this old year is over and we're into something new. And it's also the time of the year that we begin to prepare our hearts, our minds, and our souls for the birth of Christ. And I absolutely love this season because it means Christmas is on the way. But what I really love about Advent is its entire purpose and the practice behind the season to wait, to prepare. And that's weird because that's so opposite of who I am, both waiting and preparing. And I know it's probably hard to tell because this year being able to travel and being, being able to be so active, well, we've been limited in that this year. But I, I, I have a confession to make to you. I like to be busy. That's a fair understatement. I love being able to be involved in a lot of different things. It allows me to be creative, and, and there's always a new challenge and adventure. But this season of Advent, this season of Advent is all about slowing down, about preparing our hearts and minds and souls for this birth of Christ. And often to prepare ourselves, we wait. We have to slow down. We have to be patient. And slow and patient is counter to who I am and, frankly, what the world is around us. But over the course of this year, over the course of 2020, we've had to learn how to slow down, how to be patient. And I think every one of us in our own way has learned how hard that can be. And I don't know about you, but in this time, my patience seems to be running pretty thin. I want, I want things to go differently. I don't want things to go back to uh, completely the same. But I want to grab onto some sense of normal, to this hope of being able to see you, to gather with you, to be with you without any kind of underlying anxiety of, of COVID. That's what I hope for. And that's the thing about Advent. It's about preparing for this hope. It's about finding peace. It's about celebrating all the little things that we can with joy. And ultimately, Advent is a season full of, of all of these things, hope and peace and joy, and it's topped off with this beautiful, overwhelming love in this very uncertain time. And sometimes, Sometimes the thing that we like to do with Advent is we like to get the baby Jesus here as quickly as possible, when in reality we wait. And we only have to wait four weeks, and we want to rush it. We don't have to wait nine months even. And I think back to the fullness of Jesus' story, and we remember that it doesn't begin in the Gospels. His story, in fact, begins way back in the Old Testament. There's a handful of prophecies throughout that the Hebrew people were looking for a Messiah, that the Messiah was coming. And yet for many in their lifetime, 
they have to wait. We read through the Old Testament the story of the Hebrew people and their longing for a king, the promise of Messiah and a savior. And we start there with Advent. We rest with the Hebrew people as the prophecy from Isaiah about a birth of a baby. And Isaiah isn't sure on anything. He had a lot to say. In fact, he's one of the rare prophets that hangs around for a very long time. In this particular chapter, chapter 9 of Isaiah, the prophet begins to talk about a light in the darkness, a hope that is to come. Here again from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of a deep darkness, a light has dawned. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding with justice the righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. See, Isaiah understood there would be a period of time that many would call darkness, a time in which it felt as if God was silent. But the result of that would be the arrival of this child, the birth of this baby. They had to wait. And he gives them this lineage that the one who is to come would be from the line of David. David, And that is a huge deal. Because King David, despite all of his shortcomings, that was the lineage you wanted to be from. And to point back that this child that is going to be born is of David is huge. And so here to us, a child is born. But we can't rush. We can't rush the birth of Jesus and the hope that comes along with it. In fact, this year, patience and preparation, waiting, it may hit home more than any other year. Just as those who waited for this child that Isaiah spoke of, we wait for any kind of sense of normalcy. We wait for the hope that is to come with the birth of Christ. But sometimes we're so ready to get Christmas here that we celebrate the, and to celebrate the birth that we miss the hope that is right here before us. And here's the thing about hope. See, we often see hope as this bright light illuminating the world around us and we are happy and carefree and all is right in the world. And sometimes that is true. But hope is much more than that. Sometimes hope is just the glimmer of light off in the distance that we aren't quite sure what it is or where it is just yet. That is exactly what Advent is. That's exactly what Advent teaches us. It's to wait, to prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls for this hope that is just on the edge of the horizon. But church, we know the rest of the story. We know what the next four weeks cover. We know what Christmas Eve brings. And we have to resist that urge to rush it, to get it here. Because it is so important that we embody this idea of waiting. To wait for this bit of hope. 
that comes as the sunrise of a new day. Because Advent is not about how much or how little hope we have. It's simply about having hope. And that's the hope we have today as we wait, as we prepare, as we move forward, as we're uncomfortable, as we find peace, as we celebrate with joy, as we immerse ourselves in the love that God has for all people that is birthed into the world in this uncertain time, but we wait. Advent births hope in this time of uncertainty. You go back to Isaiah and the time was uncertain. They didn't know when or where or how. And we feel that today. This year has given us plenty of uncertainty. And we have the opportunity to fully embody the Advent story that we find throughout Scripture. We have the opportunity to know what it means to wait with a pregnant pause. I know, got some laughter from the choir. We have an opportunity to fully immerse ourselves in these stories that lead us to the birth of Christ. But let us not rush it. I'm talking to myself here, let's slow down. Let's be present. Let's be fully present. Let's read and reread these stories. Let us get up early and watch the sunrise and see that far off light of hope on the horizon. And if you're not a morning person, that's okay. It gets dark early. Go and watch the sunset because there is great hope at the end of the day as well. Remember, church, remember that hope is not about how much or how little you have because hope, it's all about simply clinging to the hope you do have. It's not a game about how much or how little, it's about hope. And so we wait. We wait for the birth of Christ in this so uncertain time. May we be filled with hope, the hope that is before us, that is here with us now, and the hope that is to come. Let us be present with this hope in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.
church, we come to the time in our service in which we lift up our joys and concerns. Many of you have texted me uh, or put on Facebook those that you want to lift up. Um, Karen sent me this week that her mom, Carol's back in the hospital, um, continued prayers for her. Uh, we lift up Brian's co-worker, Susan. Her mom passed away at her funerals uh, tomorrow. Uh, a joy, many uh, of you said you were happy to see the singers, happy to see them and hear them and just be. It's wonderful. Thank you all for that gift. Betty Bean said, thank you for all the cards and prayers. Wanda says, keep them coming. Um, Kathy Sarr sent me, uh, Sherry's having a triple bypass in Oklahoma City this week, and her sister-in-law has Parkinson's. Um, and, and Becky let me know that Garrett Douglas, a former member uh, here at Grace who has moved to Arizona, has been sick, uh, some kidney stones and things like that. It's been in and out of the hospital, but is uh, improving. And so... Um, Thank you for sending all of those. Uh, those that you leave, uh, keep on your hearts. Uh, please speak them out loud in these moments in your homes. If you would like to send uh, me your prayer request via email, uh, just to simply keep them private, you're more than welcome to. My email is gumcpastor at outlook.com. It's in these moments that we gather whenever, wherever, and however we are in prayer. I invite you to lift these and anything else up where you are in prayer. We'll come together in the pastoral prayer and we'll end together with the Lord's Prayer. I invite you to pray faithfully in these moments. gracious and loving God. It's in these moments we come to you as we wait, as we wait and prepare ourselves for the birth of your son, that we cry out in prayer. We cry out that you hear our prayers this morning for Carol, for Sherry, for Kathy's sister-in-law, for Garrett, for Susan and her family, for all of those who are recovering, all of those who are fighting, all the families who have lost dear loved ones to this virus, to all who chose to stay home, for all those who had to miss, for all of those who grieve in the various different ways and reasons this season, Uh, may your hope be on our hearts. May we find that glimmer out on the horizon these days. May we not worry about how much, but that it is there. And let us cling to that hope. 
that rest upon our hearts in these moments. Not all that makes our hearts heavy, there is much to celebrate. Whether it's receiving cards or phone calls or visits, whether it's getting to come and celebrate communion or today or on a Wednesday this month, whether it's decorating our homes or whether it's waiting and preparing. Wherever it is we find reasons to celebrate, may we do so together, however we can. May we allow ourselves to be present when our hearts are heavy May we find hope in the midst of our grief and our joy, knowing that there is hope among us, that the birth of Christ is near. Let us not rush it. Let us be present here and now. God, it's with this we come together as your church, as your children, and as the body of Christ, we pray together the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Morning, y'all. Lots of announcements today. First, I want to remind you, uh, especially, that after the service today, we'll have drive-through communion in the parking lot. So uh, once the service is over, get in the car and come on down. Um, there will be in-person communion uh, starting this Wednesday from 9 to noon in the sanctuary. More information about that in Grace Notes will be coming out this week. Um, Advent fun night, carol singing, message reading, Christmas picture book reading, ornament making, sharing and giving each other some Christmas joy. Who's in? Want to spread about 30, spend about 30 to 45 minutes having fun during Advent? Glenda does, and so we are planning a Zoom Advent night. Actually, nights. You will receive a sack filled with what you will need for the nights. Attend one or all four, it doesn't matter. A Zoom link will be uh, set up and used for all four nights. If you don't want to Zoom but still would like to play, let Glenda or the office know, and they will bring you an Advent bag. And if you want to participate, you need to let the officer, Glenda, know because they'll be emailing you the Zoom link so that you can participate. The first night is this Wednesday at 7 p.m. And again, the Zoom info, info will come out by email, so be sure to let Glenda or the office know that you want to participate. Our coins for December will be going to Meals on Wheels. Uh, you can write a check and uh, on the memo line write um, missions, or Meals on Wheels, or something like that, and it'll get to the right place. And then lastly, gender-based violence continues to be a pervasive problem in the United States, 
Join Zonta in our fight against domestic violence. They're doing 16 days of activism for 2020, and today is day three. I'm assuming they can go online to zonta.com and find out more about that. That's all I have. Did I miss anything? You're good. Thank you, Dave. Well, church, we come to the time in our service where we lift up our gifts and offerings. There's a lot going on in the life of the church, whether it's here, there, or beyond. And even though we can't pass this plate around, we know that all that we can put in it, our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, or our witness, go to continue to be full of life, to go and continue to share God's love and grace with all, to go and continue to prepare to wait, to share hope, to be present with one another in a variety of different ways. So thank you for your continued generosity and faithfulness through giving in, in all of the ways that you give. If you would like to give financially, uh, you're welcome to drop a check off at the church. You're welcome to drop one in the mail, or if you can give electronically, uh, please. However, whenever and wherever, thank you for your faithfulness. We pray that God continues to bless us and send us out into this world to share uh, God's love and grace with all people. Now, church, it's in this time that we come together to celebrate, to celebrate Holy Communion. And today we do it a little bit differently. We drive through the parking lot and receive. But what a way to do it in these uncertain times as we wait for hope to do things a little bit differently. But no matter how we celebrate, we celebrate together. And so I invite you to, to come in your car and be. Come to the table that we have that is set before us. Just as Christ gathered with his disciples around that table in a very uncertain time, he took bread. He gave thanks to God and he broke it. And he looked at those disciples that had gathered around him and he said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do it in, as often as you will in remembrance of me. And when the meal was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to God. And he looked at those same disciples. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you and for many in the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink it as often as you will in remembrance me. It was in those uncertain times that the disciples had spent years waiting and preparing, seeing glimmers of hope on the horizon and running with it, feeling hopeless at times but running with it. And then Christ offers them bread and wine. This is my body, this is my blood, take receive, and go from this place. We hear the same invitation today in uncertain times to come and receive, to come with all that makes us human, to come with all that we don't want to weigh or prepare for, but simply to come exactly as we are and receive these gifts of bread 
and juice. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that your Holy Spirit descend upon these, bre- these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be the body of Christ to the world as we gather at your table this morning. May we receive, may we have hope, and may we go. Pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Know that as you come through the parking lot for communion that you don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be anything. You just have to come through the parking lot and receive. All are welcome at God's table this morning. Won't you join us in holy communion? Our praise band this morning is going to finish us out with a, with a song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Here Is Your Benediction in Song.